Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. This podcast episode is sponsored by Shopify Queen, Sarah Gensel of Gensel & Co. Do you currently have a Shopify site selling products or services that aren't performing as well as you're hoping? Or do you have a product or service you'd love to sell, but you have no idea where to start? Well, my girl, Sarah Gensel, the Shopify queen, is a person to talk to. She is amazing and brilliant at branding and is currently helping me completely revamp my website on Shopify to showcase my new brand and selling my products. So if this sounds like something you've been looking for, please reach out to her on IG at Sarah Gensel, that's J-A-N-S-E-L. Leave her the code Sylvie, that's S-Y-L-V-I-E, and she will add you to her free Shopify Facebook group where she coaches weekly on Shopify strategies and has tons of content to help you in your Shopify journey to building your online business. So don't forget, DM her on Instagram at Sarah Gensel, J-A-N-S-E-L, and leave her the code Sylvie. She'll reach out and add you to her community. Thank you very much and have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, sitting here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And I have good friend, Simon Osmo, who is sitting in mm, New York. Yeah. No, no, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minneapolis that's right. Minnesota. The Vikings, the Vikings. The Vikings, that's right. Yes. How could I say uh, you're wearing a shirt? My son plays for the Vikings here in Gatineau. Different oh, thing, but anyways. Um, so Simon is a good friend of mine. We met at a mastermind program last year, and I did not know that he was a cyclist. Of course, cycling being part of this podcast, Simon was saying that he's a cyclist. And um, but before we bring out the Simon cyclist, we're going to I'm going to tell you a little bit about Simon himself. So Simon is an author and a podcaster as well. Uh, he specializes in, he's a safety expert and as a former UK detective, maybe we might have to get into that little bit of background of, of his, um, he's turned entrepreneur and mindset coach. Simon loves asking people the tough questions to learn how they became who they became. And let me remind, let me just say that. Simon interviewed me, so I should be on his podcast at some point in time where we will share that as well. So, Simon, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'm really and... excited to be here. I mean, this is I listen to your podcast an awful lot when I'm cycling, so I'm, I'm really looking forward oh to this conversation. Thank you. Oh, well, you have, you well, have I don't to know... listen to the latest ones with Joe Friel. 
Yeah, and I don't know if I should say it, but I normally have one of my AirPods in just for some type of music. Mm. Somebody might say it's dangerous, but I only have one in. I, I still have some situation awareness, and then I listen to podcasts as I cycle. So, yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Hey, I'm the same way. Just have one in so I can uh, listen to everything. So we have Simon. So through our conversation, like I said, I, I found out Simon is a cyclist. And so, and he started telling me about this specific um, event that he participates in and he's been participating in. So this is what we're going to kind of, uh, move our podcast episode into, and it's called fathers for the fatherless. So I'm going to, um, instead of, uh, talking about like, um, giving you a description, we're going to have Simon talk about that as we get into the podcast. So my first question to Simon how did you get into cycling and how did it lead you to participate in this event? Yeah. So um, there's a lot in here. So stop me if you want to unpack anything. But, um, <laughs> you know, I first really started to get into road cycling in around 2008, 2009. And so uh, very different than uh, me being here in the US and maybe up in Canada, but I joined the police at 19 um, and I saw uh, I think I was 21 when a woman died in my arms. I've worked on counterterrorism cases. I've seen, you know, so much human brokenness. And I can remember one time I was just looking for some type of release, some type of outlet. Because you talk to people that work in emergency services, uh, and there's a sick type of humor that can go with it. And generally, that's <laughs> sort of a, co- as a coping mechanism. So when people joke about their bodies or things that happened, um, you know, you're not supposed to. Uh, as humans, we're not supposed to seal that brokenness, but in law enforcement, um, you can do that. And I was looking for a release, and I don't know why, Sylvie, but for whatever reason, I, I drove past a cycle shop, um, and, and something just caused me to stop and go in. And I went in there, and very quickly, hopefully my wife isn't listening, but, you know, I bought a very expensive <laughs> bike on, on a bit of a whim. I, you know, I bought all the stuff, and I can remember the first my wife said was, you spent X amount of money and the bike doesn't even have pedals. I'm like, no, no, the pedals are not free. You know, so, so she, she really sort of pushed it aside and said, this is, this is all on you. This is all on you, Simon. Uh, and what I really found was that uh, cycling became my release from the stresses and strains mm. of, you know, mm-hmm. working uh, in a highly sort of stressful environment by sort of very um, confrontational work environment. And most of what we were doing were organized crime investigations, you know, um, meeting people that were very sophisticated in what they do. Um, and it was on those long rides that I had my clarity. Um, it was on the long rides where I had the sort of peace and understanding. Uh, and it's actually on those long rides where I had my, ba- my sort of best ideas um, sort of it, it within the entrepreneurism um, sort of world. You know, I've always, uh, since age 19, I've always been buying and selling houses. So, you know, the, the cycling mm. really gives me sort of clarity. So that's really how I got into it. And as time has gone on, the bikes have got more expensive. And again, I'm not going to talk dollar numbers just in case my wife listens. But, you know, they, they're, they're, they're <laughs> we don't have to. We know exactly no, no, how yeah. much... Yes, yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. So, so it's sort of developed. So that's really how I got into cycling. It, it became a release from the stresses of a, of a highly stressful sort of work work life. So that was in the UK then, because I mean, cycling in the UK is. Um, I know cycling in the United States is big, but cycling in the UK and your uh, Europe is just uh, you know 
10 times what it is here. Yes. And actually, and you know, I actually um, <coughs> um, imported my, my bike with me when, when I moved here as well. Maybe I should have sold it, but I bought it with me. And you're right. I mean, <laughs> the, and the difference between Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I live, is a lot of the roads are quite flat. There's not too much hills. I mean, when I was doing 70 mile races in uh, yeah. the UK, I mean, you're going up hills, which are like, you know, all, all the time you, you sort of stood up trying to get up there. Whereas here um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am, a lot of the roads are flat. So it's, it's a different style of, um, of sort of racing for sure. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so do you still race now or do you just ride for more for leisure? Yeah, Not leisure, more, but like your like your yeah, weekend rides. More, more of a second, more. I mean, I've got two young sons, eight and eleven. Uh, the youngest is a budding <gasps> soccer player, and one of the hardest things for being a parent, particularly being a man, is knowing that you've got to put your kids before yourself. So it's it's very <laughs> difficult. You know, when my youngest is traveling, sort of. Um, locally and sort of around the US, um, you know, he's training four or five times a week. So, so my trainings are generally for, for leisure, just trying to push myself. Yeah. So do you get out there and train when he's training, you know, and you have to like drop him off there, no, you know, wait no. for his... Yeah, I think it's similar to what you said this morning. I, as we approach the summer here now in Minnesota, I'll be on my bike five, six in the morning, come home uh -huh. at sort of eight o'clock when everyone's just waking up. So uh, you know, doing that thing, um, sort of trying right. to grab grab the ride time when when I can. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Also ideal for weather too. I don't know what it's like in Minneapolis, but uh, we've had already some record numbers in in uh, heat here, like in May, which has been crazy. And uh, you just yeah, can't even go outside. Well, and um, then it's like with you, I mean, we're under snow seven, eight months of the year. So yeah. summers, summers are short. You've got to really do what you can to, to enjoy them and stuff, you know. So it's fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, I, I tried to get, you know, I've done 100, 150 miles in sort of per week, but, but they're shorter rides more often than sort of doing the longer distances. So so this race again in the summer, um, the 100 miles is going to be quite a challenge because I don't do that length of distance all, all that often. So there's a bit of grid and determination I'm going to have to rely on to, to get through that one. <laughs> I think you and I are in the same boat because I just signed up for a hundred mile gravel race at the yeah. end of June. And yeah. I've, I've been able to go out and do a number of hundred kilometer rides like weekly, like on the, on the Saturday mornings, but still that's that extra 80 K that, mm, you know, could uh, really. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the fathers for fatherless. Uh, for the fatherless and like, how did you find that and what drew you to this particular, because I've never heard, like I've heard yeah. um, up here, there's a motorcycle um, rally for fathers and um, dads, but I've never heard of this one. Yeah, and it's well. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, happy to, to share. And it's going to, for your listeners, it's going to get a little bit deep. So I don't know if you have more female listeners than the men, but the females might be clutching for the, for the hanky, but the men might be sticking to the But so it really starts back. So, you know, part of my upbringing, my mum is white English, my dad is um, Nigerian, uh, <laughs> and my parents actually separated before I was born. And so I've never met my father, you know, the man that sort of brought me into this world. And I was around 13, 14 when that really became a, sort of a, a problem for me, if you like, you know, sort of trying to seek sort of 
um, validation, acceptance from a man that was was never there. You know, it's always been a, a difficult time of my life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as you're a teenager, you know, you see, as I mentioned, my son, you know, that's one of the reasons why I go to all his games and put myself second. I joke about it because I want him to know that I'm sort of there for him and supporting him because I saw my friends at soccer games, at rugby um, matches, whatever it was, you know, they would have their father there cheering them on. Um, and I didn't have anyone there for me, you know, and it left a sort of quite a sort of deep, uh, deep scar. And it was only really, um, mm. you know, I'm sort of um, 43 now. Uh, and it was only really in sort of later years that I managed to find a sort of coping mechanism to, to deal with it. And I think I had a sort of a, a bit of a realisation that, well, one of my dads sort of abandoned his um, family. And that also used to sort of be very hard thinking, well, you know, um, why did he ever try and find us? You know, why is he not in our life? These sort of things. Um, but my mindset shifted um, thinking, well, um, what was my granddad like um, to my dad? You know, maybe this wasn't all of my dad. Maybe my <clears throat> granddad wasn't a very good father to him. Maybe he's sort of replicating the adverse behaviors from what he might have seen in his life. And it doesn't mean that I've sort of forgiven my dad for the things that he's done and the abandonment might feel but it got me to a place of understanding thinking okay so I can't change the past but mm-hmm. what I can do with my two sons is break the cycle of brokenness yeah. so I can do the things yeah. to, to be there be there for them so that was one of the revelations that I really had and then the second one Sylvie was mm-hmm. also for the fact that I believe that it happened to me because I have the inner strength and mindset to actually deal with it, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I play. so some of the Canadians might understand this, but, you know, um, cricket, rugby, um, soccer, sort of football, uh, you know, tennis, most things that I pick up, um, I seem to do well at. And most of it comes from my mindset of overcoming adversity and persevere. But if you can battle your mind, you can pretty much achieve most things in life. And it's that that I now use to inspire and motivate young men to sort of be the best versions of themselves with or without a father figure um, Mm -hmm. in their life. So I sort of tried to um, fill that gap. Um, for them so that's for sort of uh, the tissue stuff out the way there Sylvie that's sort of um, uh, the sort of um, the upbringing if you like and then basically really interesting what happened with fathers for the fatherless is that a friend of mine Brian Hansen um, met him at church one day and I sort of said you know what are you uh, what are you up to right now and he said well in a few weeks I've got a race coming up um, uh, called Fathers for the Fatherless. My sort of wife gave me a sort of a nudge. Um, and I said, well, those are type of charity organizations I love to help and sort of told him my sort of backstory. And they said, well, I have to connect you uh, with Jeff Sark, who runs the organization. And I looked online to try and sign up for the race. And actually the, um, the sort of entry had closed, so I couldn't sign up for the race. Uh-huh. And then the, the night before the race, it was a, a Friday night, and it was like 9.30 at night. I had a text from Brian. And Brian said, you know, Jeff Sarg, who runs the, the race, is looking for volunteers, looking for marshals, for people to help out still uh, around, around the race. Mm. And he said, you know, do you have some time tomorrow that you can help? And I sort of text back and said, yeah, I'm sure I could do something. You know, what time do you need me? He's like, can you be in M- Minneapolis for like 4, 4 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, and, and I was in bed at like 9.30. <laughs> it was like 9.30 at night. He's saying, can you be in Minneapolis? And it would have been so easy. And I've got to admit, if I'm truthfully honest, my fingers mm. went on the text and no had already come out. Uh, and I was sat there thinking, 
Um, you know, another life saying I have, if not me, then who? If I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it, then who is going to step into it? And I sort of deleted the no and said, you know, yeah, give me Jeff's number. I'll, I'll go and help. <laughs> Um, and so I did. I had you know, four or five hours sleep. I, I drove to Minneapolis. And Sylvie, it was um, inspiring to see it all together because mm. um, the organization, um, these are either fathers or some of these people might not be fathers um, as yet. Um, but there's around 130 guys there. Uh, they get together to do this race. It's in five or six different states. Uh, and the object is to do something hard and to raise money for the fatherless men to give them opportunities. So they ride it in a peloton, you know, it's a hundred mile race um, and it's an incredible organization. And as soon as I was there just helping out, I knew that this is, this is something I've got to do. This is something I've got to sort of um, help and get involved in. So it's, uh, I think last year, uh, the organization raised uh, around 400,000 US dollars. Wow. Um, so, um, you know, I can remember from my upbringing, how many, you know, fatherless young men, um, is that going to, to support with activities, with mentors, with giving them guidance and those things that they might not necessarily have the opportunity to. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And like I said, the opportunity to ride in the peloton doesn't always happen that often. When you see 130 people, you know, riding together, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible sight. And everyone's got the, you know, we've got the same jerseys and even hats and everything. So, yeah, so that's a little bit about how I, how I got into it. So can I just go back and ask you maybe some personal questions about your upbringing? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm an open book. You, you, All right. You so, what you want. so did, like, so I want to ask about your mom. Um, did she ever give an explanation as to, um, you know, what happened to your dad, um, to this day, have you ever found him? Yeah. And that's a great question. So I turned 44 this year. Um, I believe as best as we can find out, I think he might've died when I was five or six. I mean, my, my dad had a lot of um, brokenness. Uh, he was clearly yeah. a tro- troubled man. Um, he wasn't very nice to my mother. Um, that is for sure. I mean, she was uh, English. She moved to Nigeria to be with my dad in the seventies when it wasn't necessarily oh. a done thing for a white woman to sort of, you know, um, be in a relationship mm. with a black man added. She then moved to sort of a, a sort of a third world country. So she, pretty much left in the middle of the night, went to the British Embassy. Uh, they got on a flight to London and said, never come back to this S-hole. And, and, and she never did. Uh, and it became, oh. sort of, I think my mum now, my mum turned 80. But <clears throat> I think one of the things she said was, you know, she was sorry, but she never really spoke about it. But um, I want to make it clear also for people listening, that part of it was on me because I made the decision never to ask my mum about it. I mean, I was, I was 33, Sylvie, when I asked my mum for the first time what my dad's name was. Um, so oh, wow. I, I sort of knew because I'd sort of seen divorce papers and stuff over the years, but we'd never really had a sort of conversation. Um, I wouldn't say it became the unspoken about subject, but it just wasn't really, uh, it was never really um, spoken about. Um, and I think that's yeah. what... I've learned from being a father myself now is to be more open and, and more vulnerable um, about it because there's, there's, there's definitely power in my story that can help other, other young men as well. Yeah, you know, and um, I like what you said, Simon, that you're breaking the... Um, breaking breaking the, the Yeah, breaking yeah. the cycle because I find that I'm in a, a cycle as well. Like with my... I had my parents, but it was more of a a loveless 
uh, lack of communication type of environment. Um, mm -hmm. Farmers, you know, like, I don't know, my mom wasn't that happy and, and things like that. And, and it, um, it had a profound effect on me as, as an adult and how I deal with relationships. I, you know, just ask my husband, like, I, <laughs> thankfully, he is a good communicator, because I am not. And um, like you said, you know, you hold a lot of stuff in. And um, in it, and I try to, you know, provide a um, like a lot of communication in the house with my kids. I have three yeah. kids, um, a lot of love, so that this trend has not, you know, it's been broken. Like they will go on to have great relationships. Now it's just up to me to provide, you know, a good relationship between my husband and I you know, so that they can, they have great examples. Yeah. And it's true. And I think, you know, yeah. tying into cycling as well, I think that's one of the, you know, I was raised in sort of, I don't know what we call it in, in Canada, um, you know, in social housing, you'd call it here in the US, you know, council mm -hmm. house um, for England. Uh, you know, my mum then used to foster to uh, make money. So she's fostered over sort of 30 kids over the years. Mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a result, um, we had my two brothers moved with us when they were two and four and they got to like 12 and 14. And my mum sort of said, you know, we're never going to hand them back. So we sort of adopted my two younger younger brothers. Oh. Um, so I've never really had um, too much um, possessions, too much stuff. And now I've got older and I have some <laughs> of that stuff. Um, you know, there's a realisation in there also that, you know, it's not about the fancy bike that you've got. It's not about mm -hmm. having the greatest equipment. It's actually about, you know, it's your mindset. You know, you could, you could give someone, you know, I, I could ride a crappy old $100 bike and I could mostly still beat someone. Reason why? I have the mindset to to keep pushing through, you know, to, to 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 sort of control your mind and stuff. And I think that's what you learn about yourself in those hard times is mm. that inner resilience, that inner strength. And it's definitely what you've been called of when you're then cycling and in races. You need that inner strength to, to keep pushing through because your mind will play tricks on you. Your mind mm -hmm. will say that you cannot do this, um, but mm -hmm. you can do it if you persevere and keep on pushing, pushing through. It's too easy to 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 give up, you know. Now, Simon, do you find when you're on your bike that you have those emotional times when you're thinking I'll, about I'll, I'll when you're thinking sure, about yeah. the past, the present, you know, the future? Because I know there are some times where like I could break down and cry or I'm so happy or I'm so mad, you know, like it's it's like a plethora of emotions that our bike brings out in us. And I'm yeah. sure you must, and you go through all these scenarios and like. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. I, I, I have a. It's for me, it's when that clarity comes because, you know, what you're doing, you've got your head down, you know, you're 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 pushing through, um, you know, there's nothing that you've got really <clears throat> at that moment in time other than these two cogs are sort of turning on mm -hmm. the wheel, um, and it really gives me my best clarity for for my ideas or for times I need to you know drop someone a message and see how are you doing or. <laughs> you know, go and buy something or a new project to work on or, or new mindset. It really just gives me that moments of clarity mm. because you, you, you have nothing other than the, the saddle, the road and head and pushing, mm -hmm. pushing around. It's some, um, it's some real realizations that that's all that really matters is, is the relationships and the connections that you, that you have, you know, so again, you know, tying it into this race, there's some people who go through this race, mm. but have never even um, cycled before, you know, so, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's helping and pushing them. They've just seen the cause and said a cow one in. You know, very, very brave to do. I wouldn't necessarily jump into a hundred <laughs> mile. I, I wouldn't advocate it for anyone. Yeah, me so, neither. <laughs> it shows what they can do. Yeah. So, how how many years have you been doing the or participating in the Fathers for the Fatherless yes, uh, so event? Yes, yeah, so this is only my second year, but you know, oh, my, okay. my, my, yeah, my goal um, really is you know for the listeners. Hopefully, I'm sure you'll put a link to the. Um, oh yes race. for sure yeah. and, mm-hmm. and i've got to give that plug about money as well you know i'll, I'll have a sponsorship <laughs> links if anyone this comes out i'll put that that down but um, you know it's my intent to try and do to do more i think um you know as i sort of said you know one of why do i do it because i've realized that my story can help other men and perhaps some of your female mm-hmm. listeners you know their partner significant other could have been raised in a home where there wasn't a man present and they're still um, sort of troubled by some adversity um you know and i think i can sort of fill part of that void i can put that hole in because you know one one thing that you find is here's the funny thing as well you know like um my father-in-law very handy you know does stuff around the house and, and does different things um i i've developed those skills because i'm also a landlord because i property invest um but but i would go to um home, do you know home depot yeah yeah so i don't really call you canada yeah i'll go to home depot and i won't think to take my sons with me and my wife will come back and say you know maybe get the boys involved but why they really want to come but it's a realization to me Sylvie, but because i've never had a father in my life I don't necessarily know to do those things. So it's like, um, I have to, I have to consciously be reminded that actually it is my role to take them with me to Home Depot and show them the shelves and where, where stuff is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I feel a calling to, to, to be that sort of, um, um, to be that hole in other young men's life, even if it's just through listening to my story as to how Mm -hmm. I learned because, because no one, no one did it for me. So I'm learning fatherhood without a you know with, with no nothing to base no off model. Yeah, no yeah. role model what is a good father what's a bad father i've got no idea i'm just fumbling in the dark trying <laughs> to do, do what i think is is right and and when we're shouting at each other i know that, that's that's bad fatherhood or that's not going right you know <laughs> this is this is a good idea to do some home depot kind of projects how yeah. do you use a hammer hit yeah. a nail, use a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so, so how has this impacted like you said that you've you've jumped into this and you've been riding for a long time. Um, do you participate in other events throughout the summer? along with this one or is this yeah, you, one of your main ones this is one of main you know in minnesota we do a we have like ten thousand lakes here uh, and there's oh, a sort of really uh, there's a sort of ride that goes around a lot of the lakes we've got to start trying to get back into that what the challenge that i have and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this is you know particularly being you know uh sort of work um family mm. it's really hard to try and make the commitment to a club and i know obviously you have your sort of group that go out so i think my goal for the listeners to sort of take something from it is my goal is to try and work into the time where i can join a club where i can do more races mm. um now i just race or not race mm. now i just sort of bike with friends to get the distance up so i think um that is finding the the time um, is one of the challenges that, that I have. But again, it's about just doing what I can rather than saying, it's such a shame that I can't do those races. It's more, how do I work up to get into position where I have the time to join a club to, to do races? I think it might be time, Simon, for you to 
get your sons on bicycles. Yes. Yeah, that, that and is true. the whole family. And then there's so many events uh, others than other than races, you know, that <clears throat> that fan like you could participate. And I don't know, like like you talked about the soccer, um, you know, biking to soccer. I don't know if that's even possible, but um, those types of things, um, because they're of the age and it's kind of like, like this year, I, I forced my kids to get into mountain biking. Yeah, yeah. You, t- you, you voluntold them. You voluntold I did. Them, so. I did voluntold them. Um, we even went out and uh, bought a bike, uh, a really good. So I started mountain biking like 20 years ago, and then I okay. migrated into road cycling. And, you know, the kids around here, they, you know, they pick up their mountain bikes and they just bike over and they have friends who come over on their mountain bikes. And so I was like, you know what? I want them to be more into cycling as a mode of transportation. Like mm-hmm. clearly they're not into the club stuff in the event. Cause I tried that and it didn't work. Um, they had a bad experience and I was kind of backpedaling to try and move them forward to getting more back on the bicycle. Um, not like me, but just on the bicycle and getting fit on the bicycle and things like that. So I was like, okay, we're going to all of us join this cycling club and you guys are going to go into the kids junior like mountain bike program and i'm going to be i'm going to get back into mountain biking myself as a parent supervisor coach so it wasn't me dropping them off like we are all together learning the skills again and um and funny funny we um so it's it's going well uh, better than i i thought it would because like mountain biking if you've ever mountain biked and i'm sure some of our listeners have um it is uh nerve-wracking like yes. when i mountain biked when i was 30 that's 20 years ago it didn't matter what i was biking over like you know i didn't have a house i didn't wasn't married yeah. didn't have kids you know now i'm just yes, like yeah. i'm 20 years older i'm a little bit more fragile and um i'm not as uh, like you know um how do you say uh into the speed as much as i yeah. used to well, no, well, I, think, to I, think, <laughs> well I think you need those sort of man versus truck or, or sort of uh you know rider versus truck woman versus truck i mean i had that conversation mm-hmm. last year and actually I, I at first i checked my uh speedometer and you know, my computer and i think it said i'd done 52 miles an hour something like that going downhill yeah. Um, I, and I first looked at it thinking, yeah, I think that was a mistake uh, <laughs> and it wasn't working. And so then I've ended again and it was something like 55.4 miles, miles an hour. And I was like, wow, maybe. Wow, that is wow. That, 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 is, that is wow. Yeah, I was really giving it some as well. And I, I thought <laughs> before doing around, I mean, I was doing around 26 miles an hour when I fell off before. So I don't really know what it's like. But you, you have that mindset when you've come off. You know what it feels like. So yeah. it actually, I found it removes a bit of fear. Um, but since what you just said, I, I came back and I said to my wife, and I know she thinks I was joking, but I've, I said it to her verbally. I said, I think it's for do not resuscitate. And I think this is, a, this is a conversation I think all cyclists need to have, particularly anyone in America where you've got Suburbans, Tahoes, these big vehicles. Uh, and some, mm. some people, they love to get really close to you. They love to honk the horn like you're doing something wrong. No, this is a road for everyone. I'm entitled to be there, but I said to my wife, you know, I think it's a do not resuscitate. You know, she said, what do you mean? I said, 
I made a decision that if I come off and something severe happens to me, I said more than likely my life isn't going to be the same. So, you know, do not do not resuscitate. So oh, I don't should follow the advice. On it. But but I, I said that because what you said is true. But, you know, they, when you're road cycling, you know, me being European, that means you're on the road, you're commanding the road and cars are going around you because, like I said, I'm just entitled to be there as, as them. Yeah. Um, you do have to have that that conversation. Um, I mean, I was out cycling only two days ago. I had this big on truck. And honestly, I feel he was deliberately, he got as close to me as possible, really just to try and piss me off to say, you know, you shouldn't be on the road. Um, So it's a a solid question for your your listeners to say, have you ever had that conversation about what happens if you come off or what does it, what does it look like? Um, Oh my God. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right because um, there is that, you know, I, I never want to talk about, you know, the possibilities of having that kind of uh, encounter with, you know, a a car or even crashing on a downhill because uh, we've heard some, you know, horrific stories, of course. Um, And I'm sure we've all had a friend or two pass because of them. Um, And it's not, uh, it's not a pretty, it's not a good feeling, you know. Um, I, I just take your podcast to all very deep and, and scary stuff. So whatever. I guess you need to get more like hard. Do you want to come to crime stories? What, what do you want yeah, to, no. get, get, we get don't want to do. We don't. I don't yeah. want to like talk about crashes and, yeah. and death on my podcast because it is it's a real thing when you are yeah. cycling, um, and we've all heard that story, and yeah. it's not something that I want to uh, <laughs> talk about yeah, a whole lot because like. Out. I just like when I go out there, I command, like, I go with the intention of commanding respect from the mm. the the vehicles, and I respect them, and I don't get in their space as much as I can, and um, I don't be, you don't, you know, like, don't be that cyclist. Yes. Um, and but of course, you know, you're gonna get that guy in the Tahoe that's gonna, you know, wants to yeah. get as close as you and 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 you've felt it. You've yeah. felt it, big truck. Sure. You know, so um and uh, I think, you know, just being able to know how to handle yourself if you were pushed off into the I don't know. I don't know, like I said, yeah. Simon. I don't want to talk about that no, stuff. Let's, let's, let's go lighthearted. Let's go lighthearted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I just I dragged did... you down. Yeah, because I just did a little podcast episode um, about fear this morning. And it was because, you know, I was out, I was going to put it, put it out there to do some cycling coaching for, for hill repeats. And, you know, it was raining and, and, you know, I committed to be there. So I've, I'm going there. Like, I don't, you know, weather doesn't affect me and basically whatever, whatever's doing here is not happening over there. guaranteed and a lot of girls are like no it's gonna be slick it's gonna be slippery i'm like i don't know what you're talking about but like that's not yeah (laughs) that's not gonna happen you know there's it's it's funny you say that because you know it it is true there is like i said i I came off what i think i was doing about 26 miles now i couldn't i I was going down i couldn't unclip quick enough and so no no know what know what it feels like um, but yeah. it also t- tying it back to the fatherless, <clears throat> it's about yeah. doing something that is hard. You know, cycling 100 yeah. miles for most, that is hard. And I think there, yeah. there is two things with cycling. One, there is that fear. Um, and, you know, there's the hardness of you've got to push through. You, you've got to persevere. So, mm-hmm. like I said, in this, in this race, there's some people that have never really been into cycling. 
but for them it's about doing something which is hard for the sacrifice of others so um i can relate yeah. to what you're saying there that there is there can be a fear that comes with it but um yeah yeah, yeah but you know what I was talking about the fear of talking yourself out like, oh, it's, you know, it's raining. And the same thing with, you know, event like that. Oh, my God, how could I possibly? Well, you you will do it, but you will. You know, it, it, your button that, might not be the same for a while, yeah, but you'll do it. I don't know if that's a fear <laughs> or a um, sort of talking yourself out of it as in, hey, I don't want to do it's this. It's the story, to feel, yeah. right? It's the stories we tell ourselves. And then you get some people in there convincing you not to go. And I was just like, you know what? You should just commit and and don't turn back and just show yeah. up because you're going to benefit from, you know, coming out. So, but, you know, for our listeners, I love that, um, you know, I love that I found out that you were a cyclist and um so simon attended one of my bike maintenance webinars and i love what you said because i i use your um testimonial in some of my ads and i what did you say i shamed you into some, <laughs> what, what did you say simon you know but i i tell him what i said but it, it, the basis was and i'm stuttering to get out my words now uh, to embarrass but i, I embarrassed I, you embarrassed yes. you to action yeah because I, I think because I think I'm like a lot of guys in that, you know, I, I have all the nice expensive kit, but don't necessarily know how to use it. And I think you embarrass me to action as in, I need to go and learn more of the mechanics about it. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the importance is to learn how things happen. And most of my life, I do that. But within cycling, I've got a bit lazy and I just take it to the bike shop and it comes back, it's clean, as pristine. So you, you embarrass me to action and say, I need to learn about this. So that was the quote of the summer that's good (laughs) i loved it yeah i loved it so um i can't wait to hear about how your event goes i know that this is the second year so you know exactly what to expect and i'm sure that you're going to be out there helping a lot of um men participate and getting them through to the end is this a large loop by the way no it starts and ends in a different location so oh, really? sort, of, sort of loop around a little bit but yeah it starts mm. in minneapolis and ends up sort of 40 50 miles to the north um so but you uh-huh. sort of do a loop around to the lakes and different areas so i mean we are blessed in minnesota with some very nice nice roads so wow yeah, yeah. so is there a festival kind of not a festival like um like a whole event after like a celebration at the end um you know not, not so much but i think as it grows mm-hmm. um, like i said if, if people go to the, the website uh, if you just type in fathers for the fatherless um you know the, the event will come up um mm-hmm. it, jeff zarg is now taking it so i think it's in six seven or eight different yeah states. i saw that like about yeah. five yeah, yeah. And, and and each year it seems to be growing like i said last year in minneapolis we had 130 I mm-hmm. think it could be, you know, uh, mid 150s. Um, so every, every year it's growing as people hear more about the cause. And, right. and I think that's something that the organization will need to add is to make more of a festival um, about mm-hmm. it. So if you, if you take the sort of, if you said it's five cities online, you know, there could be close to sort of six, seven, eight hundred people that do this, do this ride across the country. So um, yeah, powerful. Wow, it is powerful. And I'm glad that we uh, got got you on here to talk about your experience and the event. And we're hoping to hoping to get Jeff on here so we can dive deep into how the event, um, you know, 
uh, was was created. So Simon, I love that you come out here and um, you've told us about our your story and you know shared it with our listeners. So we will add all the show notes, um, uh, the donation link, um, <clears throat> the link to uh, the event. Is there anything else? Oh yeah, and of course, where can people find you? Yeah, so if people, my podcast is called Who I Became. And as Sylvia uh, mentioned in the show, I love to learn. I think it's because of my police background. I'm just nosy. Um, but I, lo- I, I love, I love being learn, nosy too. It is, yeah, I love, love to learn how people became who they, how they became who they became. Because it's very easy. We all look at chapter 10 and you look at my life now and people see success. But people mm. don't appreciate the hard work, the adversity, the dedication it took to get where I am. And I'm a small element of, of sort of significance and success. So I love to dive into people's personal journeys to try and get the learning. Well, how, how did you get to get to where you are? And we talk about um, sort of life pivots, um, self-discoveries and transformations. Mm-hmm. So that is the best place that people are interested in some of those subjects. Um, check out the Who I Became podcast. I'd love for you to come along and listen to some personal. And we've had some really cool people on there. I've had uh, Joe Foster, who was the founder of Reebok. Um, oh, we, very nice. Had, um, and yeah, me. Had, and you, yes, and you. There's, there's a lot of cool people on there. A lot of cool people. <laughs> I'm a cool person. Yeah, you are a cool person. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta dig, d- d- uh, dive deep to you know find find all those good good yeah. stories. Well, well, we had a great conversation. We have to um, when it comes out, you have to put the link to your episode within your podcast as well because that was a mm-hmm. that was a great conversation me and you had for sure. So with that, thank you so much, everyone. I will put all the links. Oh, yeah, you can find Simon on Twitter and you can find Simon on Instagram. And where uh, are those? Yeah, those are the two best ones. Twitter, 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 Instagram and the podcast is where I spend a lot of my time um, hanging out. Um, I need to do more on social media. I'm one of those guys, but I know I need to do it for people to see me, but it's, uh, it's, it's a chore to do it. Yeah. I feel your pain. I am totally there. And uh, so that's why it's kind of nice to get us in person and um, and just learn from us on our podcast. So with that, have an amazing day, everyone. And I hope as a listener that you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Secrets from the Saddle Podcast, as well as on YouTube. And that's where all these episodes end up so that you can actually see some of your guests and um, get intimate with them on a one-on-one. So with that, have an amazing day. Thanks a lot, Simon. Super appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. All right, all right. Where's the recording? Anyways, I was gonna pause yeah, it. Good. Yeah, I wouldn't even know. Do you have a Mac, Sylvie, or do you have a um? A, uh, I a have a Dell. Windows. You have a Dell, do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just moved to Mac. It's like learning learning a new language. Yeah, that was good. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. So, do you do much editing and stuff? When you do you do it yourself, or do you? I don't edit anything. Do you, do you um, slice off the beginning and the end of the video? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have like, uh, I'll either put an ad at the beginning or I have yeah. a little intro and outro. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. Mm. So that's what well, I, I, I like what you said 
which is what I tell a lot of podcasters, is to just be yourself and be real. And I love what you said there about being intimate, is, is letting the people get to know who you mm-hmm. are. Um, I mean, I, I've had people before, there was a guy who was um, struggling in his marriage and he reached out and said, hey, can I talk to you about it? I mean, like, I'm not a marriage counsellor. He just listens to me and, and he, want, he wanted sort of my advice on his, on his marriage and stuff. So, I mean, it's building those intimate connections, really letting them feel like they know you, they're part of your show. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I figured that out pretty soon, uh, pretty uh, really close to the beginning of my podcast because mm-hmm. I spent like there was this little uh, tick, uh, something in my voice that yeah. was driving me nuts, and I edited this one episode. I think it was the very first one. It took me like two hours, and then oh, I wow. went on to this podcast Facebook podcast page, and I was like. Yeah. What do you guys do for edits? Like, do you guys edit? Everybody's like, I don't edit anything. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like- That's why it, it made me laugh. I was on my bike one time and I think I, <laughs> I, think I, I, think I stopped and messaged you on Facebook. So it made me laugh where your husband comes in, you're like, in a minute, I'm just doing something. <laughs> and, and it just, it just crapped me up. It was so raw. It was. Yeah, because I was like, am I going to go back and find that? Probably yeah. not. Am I going to no. remember? No. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's so true because I mean I've had I've had my cat jump on here before when you know yeah and a lot of my stuff I like to release a video like you as well but it but it is and and that's why I've got to do it on my podcast is just do these little monologues talking about myself to you know because I've got a lot of shit to talk about um, yeah just just five ten minutes of, of talking to the camera and and release it um, yeah. yeah yeah it's true that's why I did this morning I was like. <laughs> mostly because i was yeah i wasn't pissed but you know i just like girls like don't let fear stop you you're gonna yeah. lose out on so many great experiences because you looked at the weather you listened to her you read her post yeah. and she scared you and whatever i'm like yeah. stop it i yeah. go if you commit just show up like yes yeah don't don't look at your phone you are committed your bike is in your car your your you know your breakfast is there your shorts are there you get out of bed put them on get in your car drive to location have a great training yeah you know and and how do you so with the group podcast because how many downloads do you get per episode then a few thousand um yeah a few thousand you know what it's kind of funny because um just and I still have to figure it out, but I'm working with Bcast and that's the the platform I use. And Smart. it's on Apple and Spotify, for whatever reason, they aren't getting my episodes anymore. Yes. And you know, it's funny you say that because actually the last person to reach out to me was Jeff Sarg. He uses, I think it's Lipson, is who yeah. is his host platform. And I think I think Lipson's a paid um service. And he messaged me one time because he was the same. He said that it wasn't pushing his episodes to Apple. And I think I said to open a ticket with Lipson's. I said, it's my, probably on their side. So it could be. Say, well, I've in? asked them. Who yeah, because so Google yeah. is getting it. Like all these other ones are getting them. And the last ones that have been um, published on Apple and Spotify are was number 218. Yeah. So I'm like 20 since then. And I'm like, so, so yeah. really my, my listenership has gone down. I'm like, yeah. 
And that's why, because people aren't getting them on those platforms. And, and I've, and I've reached out to BCAS. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. And what did they say? Did they? Well, they they were reaching, like they were looking into it. Like I've, I'm going to have to um, check on it again, but yeah. like, I mean, that's a, those are two main places. Yeah, yeah, it is. Apple, Apple's still for Monopoly. I think <laughs> Apple is still. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what my numbers are, but I feel like 60, 70% of my listeners still come from Apple. There's one here in the US called Podcast Addict. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, I just um, saw that one. Yeah, they, they give me, <clears throat> it seems to have gone down a little bit, but they give me like 10, 15% of my listeners from Podcast Addict. Uh, and I think that is an app predominantly for Android. Um, listeners, oh, okay. Um, downloads, yeah, yeah. How, how do you think you got the growth on your show? Do you think it was just women resonated with it? Was it through your club? Um, where, where did a lot of the growth come from on your podcast? Do you think? Um, I don't know. Well, a lot of my growth came, um, uh, it's in the US and the UK actually. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, I think it's predominantly because of the, um, the guests that I bring on, yeah. like I brought on a huge number of UK guests, but, mm. and then they referred other UK guests. Yeah. So it just yeah. sort of like, you know, it's trickled like that. And, yeah. um, and so now I have those connections there and I can always reach out to them. Um, now I want to do like a, like a big episode because the Tour de France is happening yes, yeah, soon yeah. and the Tour de Femme is happening at the same time. What's so, Tour de Femme? <clears throat> the Women's Tour de France. Oh, oh okay, okay. So, um, so I was trying, I'm trying to get a couple, like at least, you know, four women who are participating in the Tour yeah, de France um, yeah. uh, as per, you know, because of this, it's, it's, it's so like this is the first time right yeah that it's officially it's not a hundred percent i think it's 15 um 15 stages over 21 but okay. you know it's the it's the first like you've got you had barry perry roubaix which you had women there um the Giro, their women's teams there so it's it's starting uh become impactful to get the women yeah. back in you know, since eight, 1984 was wow. the last time, uh, 89, <clears throat> no, 84, I think it was 86, 87, 89, maybe 89. Yeah. Um, when they had women in the Tour de France, like I've interviewed a couple of ladies. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a long time ago, though. Yeah, yeah. 30 really years. Is. Yeah, yeah, 30 years. Yeah, bad. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. that's going to be huge this, this year. Um, and I, you know, I have some contacts there, but it's still, you know, hard to, you, you really do need a, a formal introduction yeah, to, to, to get somebody. To, yeah. 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 To and get actually, somebody. There's, there's a woman that I met, I think she approached me through matchmaking, maybe. Um, I can't yeah. remember how it happened. Um, called Clarissa Burt. Um, she's a sort of, uh, uh, was a bit of an actress. Um, 
but then me and her were talking. Uh, I think we were recording on my podcast in a couple of weeks, and and then we got talking about Joe Foster, the fan of Reebok, and she said, "Oh, can you connect me to him?" And I said, "Well, mm-hmm. who can you trade?" And she said, "Well, I can give you the the fan revolve." So I think it is asking those guests as well, isn't it? Trying to, but I've often found that some of mine. Um, you know, you never truly know who your listeners are, but the whenever I talk about men's issues, my listeners, the downloads seem to go up, and I think it's women sharing it with their <coughs> significant others. But I love the fact that some of the bigger guests aren't necessarily the most downloaded. Um, yeah. But, you know, because sometimes people have heard their story 10 times before, so it's trying to find something unique and stuff, isn't it, out of it? But, yeah, and I find, you know, like, um, the thing is that not a whole lot of, uh, male subjects are being talked about yeah, so you've yeah. you got like, yourself a niche there that you probably should really yeah, um, yeah we're actually explode the, on yeah the one that um, was really good is a friend of mine from the uk well, actually i never met him in person got to know him through the internet but he, he's in the uk and it was me and him talking about sort of fatherhood issues similar to what i started to touch mm-hmm. on with you but you know his um his dad was present in his life but he was might as well have not been present so there's there's two two ways to look at fatherhood but there's mm-hmm. someone who's physically not there or there's someone yeah. who's present but but not there and me and him sort of dive into that conversation and, and he was the <coughs> same you know he'd go to a hardware store and not know what to do because no one's been there really helping him so yeah yeah, yeah so that's that's kind of um what i try to to be more because like that was exactly my dad yeah. right there but not there and so i found that you know me knowing that that that's kind of how i was running my relationship with my kids you know like just sort of letting my husband do all the stuff and i was busy doing other things and um but then uh, you know at the end of the day it's just sort of like um you you kind of feel it because then you feel like a complete outsider in your family Mm. um and nobody asks you to do anything because you've just never um yeah. been around there a lot so yeah it's, it, it's a it's a real snap <coughs> to get yourself out of it, is it because because that's how it you is sort of conditioned you know and perhaps your your dad maybe that was the same with his dad but you know he he wasn't also uh, they were staunch like farmers right yeah. like yeah it, it just didn't happen right you had yeah. seven kids on the farm worked on the farm mm. um but but the thing is that you know as we get older we always have the ability to make some changes yeah and and you know whether you realize it or not like you know like either either you realize it or you don't realize it like that you need to make these changes and yeah i don't think my dad's like will ever come to that conclusion that he was that kind of dad i don't even i don't even think Ever well, and, and, and he might not be, but you have, and that, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You, know, you haven't seen that stuff, yeah, yeah. So, how has mm-hmm. Post Fast Foundations been for you? You managed to take the stuff because your main business model is from your membership, right? Is that where you get most <coughs> of your? Yeah, well, yeah. um, I'm kind of um more growing my brand locally, like yeah, uh, within women and bite the bike clinics and things yeah. like that. So it's not a big money maker, but um. You know who I did uh, start, you know, I reached out for help is Sarah Jansel. Um, Sarah Jansel, oh yeah, she, Shopify. Yeah, the yeah. Shopify queen. Yeah. yeah, so I um I joined one of her presentations and like, because I have a website and I have all these other platforms where I like, 
I either have a membership or I'm taking money there or I'm taking money here. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my gosh, I need to simplify this, like, because it's driving me bananas. And then yeah. I just listen to her and I'm like, Shopify does this and you got that and it moves with this. And and also I was looking at um a website that had mountain bike clinics. I was looking, I was doing some research for somebody and I came across this clinic, it's local here and the whole setup. And I was like, I wonder where they host that. And it was Shopify and I'm oh, like, wow, okay. hmm, yeah. I needed to, like, that was a nice page, simple, yeah. um, taking registrations. And I'm like, there's a lot to be said about having everything in one place. Actually, I use a system yeah. called Kajabi, which mostly won't help. Oh, you Kajabi is the other one. Too, yeah, because Kajabi that's really good for courses, <coughs> your stuff. But they also do podcast hosting. So my goal is to get mm. everything in one page. You, know, you can see when people buy. You can do your marketing. It, it is a it is a good tool because you know, if you can get the right. What I'm working on this year is getting more exposure. You know, doing more marketing because that is mm-hmm. that's that's one thing I've not really focused on too much is is getting out there and you know being being known. And, and Kajabi helps me do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, um, one thing I'm working on is getting ads on my podcast. Yes, yes, yeah. You so I put sure that together, that. Yeah. and now it's reaching out and just um, finding yeah. people. Yes, you know, it just is, putting yeah. it out there, yeah. um, you know, on LinkedIn or Instagram, <clears throat> whether it's like cycling gear or just straight up services, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind yeah, of my focus. Well, also on your um, your business model as well, you could even try and get products for you to then um, give reviews on. Is it your Instagram where you're most? Yeah, popular? so I'm yeah. doing that. So that's kind of so that's what I've um, I've hired Sarah. So yeah. uh, Shopify will host like all of that stuff. I do have like a very simple downloadable um, videos for cycling skills. Um, It's a four week program, like one hour a week, where I talk about different like pedal stroke, hill climbing, speed, nutrition. And I've done all these in videos. So I don't need something like Kajabi, right? I just need like something very, they're just like three videos each. And people, um, the way I'm gonna market is you can just download, if you wanna know about hills, well, you just download the hill stuff. You yeah. want to know what, how to, how do you make your pedal stroke smoother? You download that. Yeah. Um, and Shopify <clears throat> will let you do that with video then, will it? Um, uh, it's a extra, Wrong but it's thing. a free, it's, um, what is it? It's called, wrong sheet. It's another, like, so Kajabi is pretty robust. Like it's yes, not yeah. a, a big, uh, big program. It's think effect. Oh yes, it's the same as Kajabi, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's it's free and my my program's very basic. Yeah, so yeah. that's what we're gonna be using. Yeah. And OmniSend is the CRM kind of that's going to be right, working okay. with Spotify, uh Spotify, Shopify. Yeah. And Shopify is kind of like almost your CRM as well. So I'm, well, one one question on Thinkific, whatever it's called, I think it's Thinkific. A friend of mine yeah. used that to run a very successful business. Do you, um, how how long is it free for? How many products do they give you before they charge you? 
I haven't looked at yeah. it. So yeah. um, I think for what I'm doing, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's what you need, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's pretty basic what I, I need. Yeah, if, if you get to the point, you know that, um, um, I think it's Melissa Yankovic, Yankovic, who's also in Fast Foundations. I reached out to her quite a lot um, during Fast Foundations because, um, yeah, I think it's Jessica Yankovic, maybe. Oh, oh Jessica, yeah. Yeah, because she uses Kajabi. So I think if you get to the point, excuse me, where you've got to pay, I reach back out because I would say that Kajabi is a platform. Once you start paying, um, I would move to Kajabi because it does the CRM, it does, mm-hmm. the, the, does the mailing, you can upload videos in there, you can do your newsletters, um, everything is in one. You can even host your podcast in Kajabi as well. That's what I'm moving my two. Um, I pay right. like three, four hundred dollars a year. With <coughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move mine over into like June, July time before I charge again. So everything is all in one, one place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not. Um, I. I think I was talking to another guy about my podcast where um, Google podcast is um a good place to host like like have your podcast website well okay yeah because it it just like everything links there right like yes it does yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. um so he highly recommended that he said it was like 12 dollars a year yeah that's cheap that's good yeah yeah so i haven't looked into that but you know there's just so many things like right now i just have a, a wordpress site and and i use keep or infusionsoft for all my landing pages yeah i really like like to get rid of that well you um, can do landing but like i said a friend of mine uh, runs his business in thinkific you can um huh. you can run landing pages there as well you can most probably I, I think anytime that you can get everything all in one location is is really great and it cuts down a lot of costs as well yeah have a look but you can definitely build landing pages there there with them sure. yeah 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 because um anyways so what i'm doing right now is in wordpress on my website is uh replicating those landing pages there so that when i get rid of it um or like build another website like everything's there yeah you know what i mean and um all i need is to link like to where people go and pay yeah, to, to do yeah so it's so, like yeah, a one yeah. place where i can do all my updates and everything because yeah. right now it's like all the links go to these landing pages and yeah. that's where i do the updates um, yeah, and see and see like in kajab as well my i don't know if i could replicate it in in from squarespace but my personal brand my simonosmo.com is within squarespace i could basically move that into kajabi as well and just have everything in one location yeah. that's been my goal to, to do it but yeah is that what you're doing right yeah try, trying to get everything in there centralized yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, i've got a dash got to call someone in the all right the well camera. thanks simon yeah, no great conversation yeah what when, when how often do you release your episodes when will this one come out well this one will come out yours will come out just a second i just added it in here hold on let me just look you've got a printed spreadsheet and everything <laughs> Oh, this is my cow. This is really basic. You like oh, okay. it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you are number da, 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 249. Mm. 249. So you will. Oh, you're into July. 
249, July 4th. Yeah, that'd be good because the race will be, um, it races end of August. So that'd be a good time. Okay. So yeah, so you want to see this. This is my, this is my podcast. Uh, actually, your calendar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, wonder if, I wonder if I can show you. Um, <laughs> and this goes on my wall right here. Well, if if you want, I can show you, send you a template. Can you allow me to share my screen a second? I'll see if I can uh, find yeah. my. I'm gonna do this. Okay. okay. Uh, so it says still disabled. Hope, oh. I think you have to click on your share screen and then. Host disabled participant share. Oh, oops. Hold on here. It just says pin. No, hold on. Remove, Remove pin. Claim host. What? Yeah, if you if you look on share, it normally allows other people to, to share if you click on it. I don't know. I can't. It doesn't um oh, it doesn't give you okay. I'll I'll just send you my empty template. I've got a spreadsheet that I use to so when you click on share screen, then it doesn't give you different options to a side. Do you see three three dots to the side of share screen at the bottom? No, no. Okay, this is cool. recording on my on my page. I do. Hope. Yeah. Close. Um. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Claim host. Enter the host key. Now, if you at the very bottom where you have like participants chat reactions mm -hmm. apps whiteboard, do you see that at the very bottom of your screen? I see participants chat share screen. Yeah, so when, when you click on when you click on share screen, do you get three <coughs> dots or do you get an option by it? When you no, it says on? host disabled participant screen sharing. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so that means then that you must be logged in as not yourself, maybe. That's weird. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah, that's what like, it does sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's a cycle for chicks here. Well, I'll I'll send you my I'll send you my blank um I said to my blank template and you're welcome to use it. I, I talk about when I interview guests, whether I've done the show notes and stuff. It's like a checklist for each one. <laughs> oh, that sounds very organized. I don't yeah, know it if is. I can handle that. Yeah, it is organized. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Right, cool. I'm going to dash. Great talking. I'll speak to you All soon. All right. Good luck. See you Bye -bye. later. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I hope you really enjoyed our conversation, my conversation with Simon. Um, he is just an amazing individual or human. And I love that we got on the conversation of cycling that led us to this podcast episode and sharing the fathers for the fatherless, which changes lives by exposing men to a cause beyond themselves. They are propelled to challenge themselves cycling 100 miles in response to our Heavenly Father's heart for the fatherless. Every man is called to be a father for the fatherless since 2019. Hundreds of men have biked thousands of miles to fund local fatherlessness initiatives and provide 1.8 million meals to fatherless kids worldwide. Join the 2022 team to raising money and awareness for for those without a father so share this with someone you know that could benefit 
either by participating or through the cause. Thank you so much, guys. Have an amazing day and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.